Welcome to the Reset Podcast. This is 30 minutes a week where you get to focus on your personal evolution through a casual, spiritual conversation. I'm your host, Liz Tran. I am an executive coach and a meditation teacher. And together we will work through how to live as your highest and best self with one foot firmly planted in the real world. Hi everyone. It is Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. And it is also more importantly than the date. It is the new moon in Leo. And I love a good new moon. New moon is all about starting new things, new beginnings, new stories, a chance to start fresh, to kick out that new project that you've been wanting to work on. And the new moon in Leo is extra special because it's all about letting yourself shine. And that is the topic of today's podcast is letting yourself shine and not just during the new moon in Leo, but always. And we'll also be talking about the reasons why it feels really hard to embrace that energy and to acknowledge all the amazing characteristics and qualities that we all have and to let ourselves shine. So I am feeling pretty shiny today. (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good. For the past two weeks, I've been on a pretty amazing and nourishing, mostly vegetable and fruit way of eating. So I've been trying to have at least 10 servings of vegetables every day, which has been really nice. And gluten, caffeine, dairy, added sugar have not been in my world except for last night. So last night I had, my husband and I had a couple of our friends over and we were celebrating. One of our dear friends just raised three and a half million for his really, really beautiful company that is so much a part of who he is, is inspired by his life story, is trying to help people with mental health issues. And, you know, I was just so proud of him and he really did it. You know, he is just just grown so much over the years and just, you know, it felt like a good time to break out the wine. So we did that. I had a couple glasses, which is unusual for me. And then this morning I had some matcha because I needed to wake up and do some work and have some meetings and now do this podcast. And, you know, I don't feel bad about it. I'm going to get right back on to my former whole food, plant-based eating style. But for today, you know, I feel good. Maybe it's the new moon energy, but I'm feeling pretty not guilty. (laughs) I feel like it was for a really special occasion and it was just nice to see our friends. You know, last night after we all wrapped up, my husband said, oh man, this is a real New York moment. So fun. And I totally agreed with him. It was just so, so nice to catch up with our dear friends who we haven't seen in, in such a long time. So that's the mood that I'm feeling today. And today we are talking about letting yourself shine. And by shine, I mean letting yourself be unapologetically who you are, loving yourself, appreciating yourself, knowing that you have gifts to give to the world. And to kick off today's episode, I am going to read an excerpt from a piece that was written by Sharon Salzberg, who is an incredible author, Buddhist, meditation teacher. I've been lucky enough to sit on a couple of retreats, meditation retreats with her, and she tells a story that I think is so beautiful. And it's about this idea of letting ourselves shine. So I'm going to read to you from from her writing. She's a great writer as well. Okay. And this is her writing in the first person. So 
pretend that I am Sharon Salzberg. What do you think about self-hatred? I asked when it was my turn to bring up an issue for discussion. I was eager to get directly to the suffering I had seen so often in my students, a suffering I was familiar with myself. The room went quiet as all of us awaited the answer of the Dalai Lama, revered leader of Tibetan Buddhism. Looking startled, he turned to his translator and asked pointedly in Tibetan again and again for an explanation. Finally, turning back to me, the Dalai Lama tilted his head, his eyes narrowed in confusion. Self-hatred? He repeated in English. What is that? All of us gathered at that 1990 conference in Dharamsala. Indian philosophers, psychologists, scientists, and meditators were from Western countries, and self-hatred was something we immediately understood. That this man, whom we all recognize as having a profound psychological and spiritual grasp on the human mind, found the concept of self-hatred incomprehensible, made us aware of how many of us found it all but unavoidable. During the remainder of the session, the Dalai Lama repeatedly attempted to explore the contours of self-hatred with us. At the end, he said, I thought I had a very good acquaintance with the mind, but now I feel ignorant. I find this very, very strange. And the story is so beautiful because the fact that self-hatred was not even in his vocabulary or in his worldview just points to how unnatural it is for all of us to hold it. And I personally am speaking as Liz now. I definitely have felt huge pulses and currents of self-hatred for most of my life and have felt that in a lot of ways, my actions and behaviors and personality were all driven from this core base of trying to do something about that self-hatred. Maybe if I'm thinner or prettier or smarter or have a better job or make more money, then I will be a better person and I need to keep driving forward and pushing myself so that I can be someone who's a little bit more worthy of love. And, you know, we all have those things. We've all felt them. And for you, yours might be different factors that make you really criticize and be negative and be pessimistic about yourself, but it's there. And when I first heard the story from Sharon Salzberg, I thought, are we born with self-hatred? And if the Dalai Lama hasn't experienced it, is it necessary that we must? Is it part of the human condition? And then I thought back to childhood and I wanted to see if I could remember a time in my life when I didn't have self-hatred and it was so there. It was so clear for me. There was a real kind of unselfconsciousness about who I was. And then I started to think and try to pinpoint those moments when that self-hatred, that self-criticism, that self-restraining, right? That self-corralling of who I am in order to fit in started to appear. And, you know, there are little moments, right? It's like being at the cafeteria when I'm in first grade and all the students have these really nice packed lunches from their parents and I'm getting lunch from the cafeteria and using my free lunch pass, which was what free and reduced lunch was for low-income students, for people who were on food stamps or on some other government assistance and just feeling that shame and that otherness. It was when I was four and I was crying because I was sad about something and my mom, you know, yelled at me for crying and then I realized, oh, I I can't have these emotions. I'm not allowed to have these emotions. Or it was when, you know, my I was in a big group of people and 
my mom asked me a question that I was supposed to answer in a really cute way and I answered it wrong and everyone laughed and just feeling like, oh, I should have done better, right? Seeing that look in my mom's eyes of disappointment. And these are tiny, tiny, tiny little moments that chip away our ability to love ourselves. And right now, I'm sure you can think of at least three or four of those moments yourself where the lesson that you learned and the lesson that you took in was that you couldn't be yourself. You know, you couldn't shine. You had to hem yourself in in some way. And then it just compounds over time. It compounds and compounds. And, you know, I really think a lot of it has to do with our media. It's the magazines that we looked at, the television programs that we looked at that presented who we were as not right or other. It is the school system, which only really rewards one type of intelligence. You know, it's teachers who really have favorites. It's so much in the world. It's other people's expectations that they put onto us. It's our parents wanting us to be a certain way. And the cumulative result of all these things, right? The media, other people's expectations of us, of comparison to other people. It is this feeling of self-doubt that becomes generated, right? It's seeing other people who have a lot of self-hatred and them modeling it to us. Maybe it's our parents modeling that. And then what we get from that is a fairly permanent state of self-hatred, dissatisfaction with who we are, wanting to be different, right? We start to look to others for validation to tell us that we're okay. And it's so sad because someone like the Dalai Lama couldn't understand that concept and couldn't grasp it, but it's something that we live with every day. We are our own worst critics. And right now, I want you to all think about how often you hear that recurring dialogue on repeat throughout the day. Maybe it's every time you look in the mirror, you see something that, you know, you need to fix. Like, oh, my hair isn't right. Or, oh, my eyebrows don't look very good today. Or I had something in my teeth with an idiot. And then you think about social interactions where you say something and you think, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, people didn't laugh. Did I say the wrong thing, Right. Or, oh, I need to lose some weight. Or I didn't work hard enough on that. People aren't going to like this work. I didn't try hard enough. I didn't do well enough. This voice is poisonous. We live with it all the time. And think about if you said those things to someone you knew. Think if you talked to yourself and talked to someone else in that way. They would never be your friend, right? (laughs) Imagine if you saw your friend and you said, oh, your hair is a little flat on top today. You have something in your teeth. You know, your skin looks kind of bad. You know, it looks like you gained a couple pounds. This shirt doesn't quite fit right. You shouldn't have bought that shirt. Are you regretting it now? Oh, this work project. I wonder what people are going to think about it. Do you think your boss is going to hate it? So take that recurring dialogue in your mind and imagine someone else saying that to you. You would never be friends with them. Or imagine you saying that to your dearest, dearest loved ones. They would cut you out. They would say, oh God, I can't be friends with you. This is crazy. You're so mean. And so the question is, what do we do about it? The first thing that we need to talk about is how important it is to get rid of it. It's taking up so much space and it's holding you back so much. And, you know, something that I've heard from my clients that I've worked with is that part of them actually, in a way, feels like they need that negative self-talk. 
that they need that self-critic, that inner critic, because that is what fuels them forward for success. That feeling of, I need to be better. I need to not disappoint people around me. I need to do a better job. That's what's made them hyper successful because they're always pushing themselves forward. And I'm here to tell you that you do not need to flagellate and punish yourself in order to strive for the best. That there are two ways to motivate a person. One is through punishment and through abuse. And of course, ultimately at the end of the day, if you're whipping the horse, the horse will walk where you want it to go. And the other way is through joy, right? If you get this horse to love to run in the pasture, that horse is going to run. Know that you don't need to hold on to this. You don't need to be fueled by your sense of unworthiness. Even if you loved yourself, especially if you loved yourself, you would still push forward just as fast. One, I'm here to dispel that. Two, I'm here to talk about what to do. And the first thing that you can do is just notice it. I'm going to tell another little little story that is a pretty common story in Buddhism, which I think reflects this idea of allowing these criticisms to be and not exacerbating them and making them worse. And it's this idea that is called the second arrow. And this is how it goes. The Buddha once asked a student, if a person is struck by an arrow, is it painful? The student replied, it is. The Buddha then asked, if this person is struck by a second arrow into the same wound, is that even more painful? The student replied again, it is. The Buddha then explained, in life, we cannot always control the first arrow. However, the second arrow is our reaction to the first And with the second arrow comes the possibility of choice. Sometimes we can't control what happens. So let's say I really mess up an email. I'll actually give you an example that I actually did once. This was before I started my own company and I was working at a company and we had to do quarterly performance reviews. And I was a little critical of the way that we did those performance reviews And I got this note that said, oh, managers, please do X, Y, and Z and answer X, Y, and Z questions and review these people who are not on your team. And I hit reply to this email thinking I was emailing the director of operations who was administering this and then my boss. And I said to them, I really don't think this makes any sense. I wrote an email back that was like, I don't want to do this. This doesn't make any sense. It's kind of a waste of time. I said it nicer than that and more professionally, but that was the gist of it. And I hit reply all by accident. So I emailed the entire company this pretty surly email about how I didn't want to do their performance review. And that is not the way a leader should be. I was a leader at the time. What was done was done. That was the first arrow. I messed up. But then the second arrow was within my control. And what I wound up doing was shooting that second arrow. And I felt so bad about it. I felt so anxious, so guilty. I apologized to everyone. And then I felt like a shitty person for like two weeks. I just kept thinking, what an idiot. Like, why can I not know to just hit reply instead of reply all? And it made me second guess myself when it came to everything. In meetings, when I normally would speak up, I thought, maybe I should give this a pause and not say what I want to say. And I really dulled my personality from it. And I also spent weeks afterwards fixating on this tiny thing that happened, right? And I made it right at the end of the day. And to be honest with you, it was a pretty stupid process. It didn't really didn't make any sense and we really did need to change it. So I'm glad that I spoke up. I just shouldn't have hit reply all. And at the end of the day, it was more funny than it was sad. Everyone at the company really laughed at it, but I really tore myself up about it. 
So that is the second arrow, right? And that is under our control. And what I want to talk about today is how important it is to let yourself shine. When you pull back on the bow and you let that second arrow fly to where the initial wound is, then you're keeping yourself in a lower vibrational state right? You are letting that voice of self-criticism and self-hatred take over. And when you have a constant running dialogue of self-criticism and self-hatred, it's like a cloud over you. It creates essentially this really murky layer that stands between you and the world of fully expressing your energy. And so what I want everyone here to think about over the next week during this, this activation of the Leo new moon is how can you let yourself shine? How can you feel yourself, feel yourself with love, feel yourself with appreciation and fuel yourself with a sense that you deserve to be exactly who you are? I love this Leo new moon because Leo is this sign that's all about childlike wonder. It's about play. It's about love. It's about open heartedness. It's about giving. It's about being center stage. And when you think about the way a two-year-old is, and they are just themselves, they're just out there. They want everyone to see how well they walk. They want everyone to look at them. They're not self-conscious. They don't care if they can't walk perfectly and they're still stumbling. They don't care if they can't say all their words perfectly because they're two. They're just doing it. And that is the energy of Leo. I always equate Leo to really open-hearted, childlike wonder. And then a new moon on top of that is this new beginning and a new chance. We get a new moon every month and every month you get this window where you can start fresh again. The theme of this week is how can you let yourself shine? This week, every single time you feel yourself have a negative thought about yourself, then just notice it and think, oh, I'm having a negative thought. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm thinking that my skin looks really bad. Can I just look in the mirror and try that again? Can I just try to appreciate myself, not feel bad or guilty that I had that initial thought because that would be firing the second arrow, but instead very gently recognizing that that first negative critical thought isn't real. It isn't true. And it's not something that you have to subscribe to just because you think it doesn't make it true. And just because you think it doesn't mean that you have to believe it. It's just a thought. So how can you have a new thought? How can you have a new way of seeing yourself and letting yourself shine? And that is what the world really needs right now. Leo is also the sign of being a leader. It's a fire sign. It is unafraid to go first. And that is part of shining as well. I have been doing executive coaching for a while now, working with founders. And I've also, as a hobby, looked at a lot of astrological charts. And the combination of those two experiences has really shown me how true it is that every single person in this world, no matter who you are, was brought here for a purpose. You are unique. There are no two astrological charts that are the same, and there are no two leaders who lead in the exact same way. Every single person who is here in this world is meant to be a leader in their own way. And something I always think about is the fact that when you take all the most successful people in the world and you think about what they have in common, the only thing that they have in common is that they have absolutely nothing in common. (laughs) They did it all their own way. My call to action for you guys this week is, can you love yourself? Can you let yourself shine? Can you be exactly who you are? And there's a really good TED Talk that I love that my friend sent to me a couple weeks ago. 
that I want to share with you right now, and it's called The Art of Being Yourself by Caroline McHugh. And I want everyone here to go watch that. I'll link to it in the show notes. And it's short. It's probably about 20 minutes, but it is a extremely moving and extremely wise articulation of why you just need to be you, why you are doing a disservice to the world by not letting yourself shine. And that is the important thing. Remember that when you hold yourself back, when you put yourself down, when you make yourself small, you are not only disrespecting yourself, but you are disrespecting the world and you're doing the world a giant, giant, giant disservice because you were put here on this earth to be you and to shine. And when you don't do that, then the world is missing a very integral piece of what it needs. We are all souls who chose to reincarnate right here in this moment, in this lifetime to be exactly who we are. You aren't here to look a little bit more like X person and to act a little bit more like this other person and to prune and to amend yourself so that you can be a little bit more like this role model who you really like at work. No, you're meant to lead and you are meant to contribute and you're meant to shine just as who you are. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I have found that in the past two years is when I really learned how to love myself and everything changed for me. Once I started to love myself and appreciate myself and to stop amending my personality based on who I was around, I got so much more energy. (laughs) It was amazing. Because if you think about it, if you're constantly thinking about who you are and trying to make it better, it is a huge, huge, huge drain on your energetic resources. Instead of taking that energy and allowing it to express who I am, I was using that energy to repress who I was. And it's exhausting. Think about if you had to change your clothes, change your outfit 20 times a day and change your hairstyle 20 times a day. That is energetically what you are doing when you are changing your personality and criticizing yourself every single day. It is the emotional, psychological version of fixing your hair, putting on your makeup, changing your clothes 20 times a day. With that, I want to wish you guys all a really beautiful, beautiful new moon, Leo, today. I mean, you guys will probably be listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, but just know that that portal of energy is still open. This whole week has your new moon energy to it. Please watch The Art of Being Yourself by Caroline McHugh and start your self-appreciation list. This, to me, is as moving and as important to my life as my gratitude list is. I make a list every single day of five things that I love about myself. What you do when you build this habit is that you start to retrain your brain instead of to look for flaws in who you are, to instead look for the beauty in who you are all throughout the day, not just at night or in the morning when you're writing that self-appreciation list. Eventually your brain rewires Because your brain knows, oh, I have to write down five things that I like about myself later today, that I, five things I did well today. I need to write these down later today. So I'm going to be on the lookout and the hunt for those all during this week. Start doing your self-appreciation list this week. Watch this TED Talk and just commit to loving, appreciating, letting yourself shine. See if when you're in conversation with others, you can say what you want to say without thinking about how it's going to be received. If you are on that edge of, should I raise my hand? Should I jump in on this conference call? Do it. See if you can channel and harness that brave Leo energy, that courageous, that leaderly Leo energy. 
that's a great way to be this week and onward. So another thing I would do too is if you don't know very much about the sign Leo, just do some Googling about the characteristics of Leo and try to embody that. And then also go back and think about your younger self. See if you can remember times when you were completely unselfconscious. See if you can remember times when you were unafraid to express yourself. See if you can go way back in time and remember when you experienced joy for the sake of joy and you did what you wanted to because you wanted to do it, not because you felt like you had to. And that is the energy that we all need to be living in because it's what the world needs right now. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really, really, really appreciate it. Something that we are doing at Reset for all of you entrepreneurs and founders out there is we are starting these amazing coaching groups for early stage founders. Generally, my clientele are founders of tech companies who have raised upwards of $10 million, and I coach them one-on-one, but I wanted to create an offering that was at a lower price point for founders who have just raised a seed round or are early in their business. We are giving away scholarships, 20% of our seats to scholarships for BIPOC founders. So if you know anyone, spread the word. It is on our website. It's called Founder Assembly. I love you. (laughs) let yourself shine enjoy the week and i will see you next week